The Orthodox Journey. In this edition of The Orthodox Journey, we reflect upon the Gospel reading on the fifth Sunday of Luke. We commemorate St. Loginos and bring you our weekly spiritual reflection. This is The Orthodox Journey. The Holy Gospel. My dear brothers and sisters, the reading from the Gospel this Sunday is not the usual Gospel reading for what would be the fourth Sunday of Luke. Instead, the Gospel reading is in commemoration of the feast day of the Holy Apostle, Evangelist, and Physician Luke. As Luke is generally considered to have been one of the 70 disciples, the reading is about the return of the 70 after the Lord had sent them out to do his mission work throughout Israel. Let us hear this Gospel reading, which is taken from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. The Lord said to his disciples, He who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Earlier in chapter 10 of Luke's Gospel, we learn that the Lord had sent forth the disciples to go two by two into the cities into which he was going to later go, so as to prepare the way for the people to receive his message. 
He empowered the disciples to heal the sick and to bring to the people the news of the coming of his kingdom. He concluded this commissioning by telling them that to those that hear them, it will be like hearing him, and rejecting them will be rejecting him and rejecting his father. The Lord had also told them to take no provisions for their journeys. They would be provided for by the people who would receive them. The disciples trusted the Lord's word and obeyed. This should remind us that we must learn to trust the Lord, even when it seems illogical to do so. This is when miracles happen. This is when his power and his intervention in our lives becomes evident. After some time, the disciples return, and they are joyous, as not only did they do what the Lord had commanded, but something that they had not expected had happened. They were even able to command the demons in the name of the Lord. The Lord shares their joy and reveals to them that he has seen Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Not only this, but he tells them that they have been empowered to overcome Satan and all of his works. So not only has the Lord made the great enemy, who until now was the prince of this world, powerless against the disciples, but he has given the disciples the power to defeat him and cast him down. Although the Lord shares in their childish joy at this newfound power, the Lord also wants to impress on the disciples that there is something much more important, something of which they must constantly be aware. The power to perform miracles and to command the demons is one thing, but it is not the main thing. The disciples must always have as their aim the kingdom of heaven. Nothing else really matters. In fact, we should recall at this point that amongst the disciples that received this power over Satan was Judas, the one who would later betray him and make himself a slave to Satan. My brothers and sisters, we too have been commissioned to bring Christ's message, to bring his light to a hungry and thirsty world. We too have been empowered to overcome the enemy by keeping the Lord's commandments, and through the grace that we receive within his church. We must always remember, however, that although our Lord has brought down Satan, we retain the power to raise him up again and make ourselves subject again to Satan. We must constantly be watchful and alert to Satan's tricks and to our passions. We all have a tendency to want blessings that are visible to the world, 
both because of our little faith so that we seek reassurance, but also because we are all subject to vain glory. The Lord wants us to be wary of these and to keep our heart and mind focused on him and on his kingdom. We do this if we retain a childlike simplicity and humility, knowing that every good thing we have is from him, given to us by a loving father. Out of this childlike simplicity and humility will come true wisdom, the very knowledge of God, which is not a knowledge founded on our human intelligence, but rather based on our day-to-day -day experience of God within our lives. This is why the Lord concludes the Gospel by thanking his Father for keeping these truths from those considered wise in the world and revealing them to the babes, that is, to the humble and simple people of God. Let us then strive to be those people and to be joyous and thankful for this. Let us, in the words of St. John Chrysostom, be happy to be a finger connected to the body, the body which is the church, rather than a powerful arm, but one that is separated from that body. May the Lord be with you. The Saints of the Week Standing at the feet of Christ, as he hung upon the cross at his crucifixion, was a centurion, a soldier who served in Judea under the command of the governor Pontius Pilate. This centurion, along with the other soldiers around him, were eyewitnesses to the final moments of the earthly life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The soldier saw all of the events which transpired on that day. He saw the spitting, the scourging, the slapping, and the mocking of our Lord. He stood there as the Pharisees insulted him. He saw him give up his spirit. And following the death of Christ, the sky turned dark, and there was a great darkness over the land, and there was a large earthquake. All of these events shook the very foundations of this soldier, who then confessed in front of everyone, truly, this was the Son of God. This soldier would then convert from his pagan Roman religion and become the holy martyr Longinus, whom we celebrate on October 16. According to church tradition, Saint Longinus was a soldier who pierced the side of Christ with a spear. The blood and water spilled from the side of Christ and healed him of his high affliction that he had at the time. Following the crucifixion and burial of the Lord, Saint Longinus stood guard at the tomb of Christ along with his company of soldiers. Here they witnessed the events of the resurrection, 
with a radiant light shining from the sky and an earthquake which moved the rock that was blocking the tomb. Christ had risen and his, long, and his body could no longer be found. The Jews attempted to bribe them, to lie and to say that the disciples had come in the middle of the night to steal the body of Christ. However, St. Longinus and two of his soldiers refused to be bribed. Having come to believe in Christ, the soldiers received baptism from the apostles and decided to leave the military service. St. Longinus left Judea to preach about Christ in his own native land, Cappadocia, along with two of his former soldiers. Having witnessed the events surrounding the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ, St. Longinus was filled with the Holy Spirit, and Christianity quickly began to spread throughout the city and the surrounding villages. When the Jewish leaders had heard that this former centurion had converted to Christianity and was beginning to change the hearts and minds of the Cappadocians, they persuaded Pilate to send the company of soldiers to capture and to kill St. Longinus and his two followers. When the soldiers arrived at St. Longinus's village, the former centurion himself came out to meet them and brought them into his home. After eating a meal, the soldiers revealed the purpose of their visit, not knowing that they were in fact staying in the very house of the man they came to kill. Hearing this, St. Longinus and his friends revealed themselves and told the soldiers to carry out their duties. However, the soldiers wanted to let them go, not wanting to persecute them. But St. Longinus refused, choosing rather to suffer for Christ. The holy martyrs were beheaded and their bodies were placed, were buried at the place where they died. However, the head of St. Longinus was instead sent back to Pilate, who gave the orders to leave the saint's holy head in the trash pile outside of the city. After a while, a certain blind woman from Cappadocia arrived in Jerusalem with her son to pray at the holy places. After becoming blind, she went to seek help from the doctors, who were not able to cure her, and so she turned to God to pray. But shortly after she arrived in Jerusalem, her son became very ill and died just a few days later. She grieved the loss of her son, who was also her guide in life. St. Longinus appeared to her in a dream and comforted her. He told her that her son was in heaven and that she would also receive back her sight. He told her to go outside of the city and to find his head that has been buried in the great pile of rubbish. And so, with the help of some guides, she went outside of the city and began to dig herself with her own hands in the pile of rubbish. And as soon as she touched the martyr's head, her sight was restored. And so, taking the head, she washed it 
and brought her to the place where she was staying. He, Saint Longinus, appeared to her once again, this time with her son as well, and they were both surrounded by a bright light. Saint Longinus told her to bury his head and her son back in Cappadocia, which she did. Previously, she was overcome with grief for her son, but her tears were transformed to joy. This is the life and miracle of Saint Longinus, the soldier who stood by Christ on the cross. This saint has so much to teach us in our lives as well. Let's reflect on those life-changing events of Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection three days later. The greatest events in human history happened in front of St. Longinus's eyes, and they transformed him. But these same events also happened in front of the Pharisees, and their hearts were turned to stone. The events happened each year in our lives as well, but often we are not sensitive enough to notice. We hear about these events and we just classify them as historical accounts, something which happened 2,000 years ago. We don't allow them to influence and to direct our lives like they did for St. Longinus. As St. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. St. Paul and St. Longinus teach us that we should live a new life, not the old one that we are used to living. A new life with Christ at the center and his teachings forever in our hearts. Orthodox Spiritual Reflections The following are some thoughts on the person who belongs to Christ turns everything into prayer. We should refer all our problems, whatever they are, to God, just as we say in the Divine Liturgy that we commend our whole life to Christ our God. We leave everything to you, O Lord, whatever you will. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The person who belongs to Christ turns everything into prayer. He makes both difficulties and tribulations into prayer. Whatever happens to him, he begins, Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is beneficial for everything, even for the simplest of things. For example, if you are suffering from insomnia, don't think about sleep. Get up and leave your bedroom and then come back in and lie down on your bed as if for the first time, without thinking about whether you were asleep or not. Then concentrate your mind, recite the, doxo the doxology, and then repeat the prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, three times over, and that way you will fall asleep. All matters are sorted out with prayer, but your prayer must be endued with love and fire. You mustn't have anxiety, but trust in God's love and providence. All things are embraced in spiritual life. All things are sanctified, both the good things and the difficult things, the material and the spiritual, and whatever you do, do for the glory of God. St. Paul says, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. 
When you are at prayer, all things happen as they should. For example, you wash the dishes and you don't break any. The grace of God enters within you. When you have the grace of God, everything is done with joy and without pain. When we pray continually, God would enlighten us as to what we must do in each situation, even the most difficult. God will speak in our heart. He will find ways. Of course, we can combine prayer with fasting. That is, when we are faced with a serious problem or dilemma, we should approach it with much prayer and fasting. That's how I have dealt with things often. When we want to ask things for our other people, we should ask for them secretly with prayer, which is in secret and does not appear outwardly. Worry and distraction do not help prayer. Forget about telephone calls, communications and long conversations with people. If the Lord doesn't assist, what will our own efforts achieve? So what is required of prayer? Prayer with love. It is preferable for us to help people from a distance with prayer. In that way, we help them in the best and most perfect manner. Oh 
We hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Orthodox Journey. To keep up to date with our podcast, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or head to orthodoxjourney.com where you can find even more Orthodox articles, talks, sermons and podcasts.